0: Episode 41, Prison Town. I'm Merle Riedel, and you're listening to an October 24th, 2007 podcast from the Kansas Historical Society. In this podcast, museum staff reveal the story behind the story about artifacts featured on the Cool Things section of our website, kshs.org.
1: I hear the train coming. Around the this and week,
0: museum director Bob Kekeisen tells us about a uniform worn by a prison guard that worked at the Kansas State Penitentiary in the 1930s. The prison me. is located in Leavenworth County. But it ain't the only game in town. The community plays host to four correctional facilities, to include the Leavenworth Federal Prison, the Big House. Learn about one man's role in the evolution of the prison industry, and the evolution of a community like no other. Later in the episode, you'll hear what our listeners think when we read some feedback. Then... Join us for another round of Six Degrees of William L.A. White, Election 2008. This week, we connect the Emporia newspaper editor to Ron Paul, a gynecologist from Texas and current Republican presidential candidate. But first, prison town. Good afternoon, Bob. Good afternoon, Merle. Today we are going to talk about a navy-colored uh, wool uniform that belonged to a man named Thomas Boone. Um, and he lived in Leavenworth County, Kansas. And he wore this uniform while he worked as a prison guard at the Kansas State Penitentiary in Leavenworth County. Um, so he was a prison guard, and this was his uniform. And that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Okay. To begin with, Bob, um, can you clear up some confusion about the prison situation in Leavenworth County? Because, honestly, it is a little bit confusing. Um, we're talking about a county, Leavenworth County, which is in northeast Kansas, just sort of north of Kansas City a little ways. So one county, there's two towns involved, multiple prisons operated by multiple entities. And for the rest of this to make sense, you've got to kind of explain who runs what prison and which county or which town. I'm already confused which town uh, the prisons are in.
1: Well, it is a little confusing because people confuse the the many prisons that are in Leavenworth County. It's a unique situation in the country in that there are four separate prisons within Leavenworth County. The first and oldest is the Lansing Correctional Facility. And a lot of people still refer to that as the Kansas State Penitentiary. So that's the penitentiary or the prison run by the state of Kansas. And it was... Actually authorized in 1859. Wow! Uh, so it's one of the older ones in in the state. Then there is also the United States Penitentiary. Now this is the federal penitentiary. That's in Leavenworth. The Lansing, the big house. The the big house, right. The Lansing Correctional Facility, the state prison, is in Lansing. And then just to the north, in Leavenworth, is the United States Penitentiary. That's the, the big house, the federal penitentiary. The third one is the United States Disciplinary Barracks. That's the prison at Fort Leavenworth. So that's the military prison. And then the final one, which is the newest, is the Corrections Corporation of America. Because like a lot of things in this country, we've privatized incarceration. And now there is a private prison. So you've got four prisons run by different entities uh, in Leavenworth County. It's a
0: prison town. It is. Like you said earlier, plans for the Lansing Prison, where Mr. Boone worked at, they began in 1859. Mm -hmm. The state of Kansas didn't become a state until 1861. So does that mean that Kansas actually had a prison before it was even a state?
1: Yeah, there were um, temporary facilities where you could incarcerate people, but the the prison that we know... um, Really didn't get constructed until late in the Civil War. Um, again, the country's focus on the Civil War really took a lot of the resources and manpower. So you didn't really get the prison, as we know it, constructed until '64 and completed in 1867. But that's true. In 1859, the Kansas Territorial Legislature authorized the construction of a prison. Uh, so yeah, it is the the oldest prison in the state. Is is the Kansas State penitentiary now known as the Lansing Correctional Facility. It's a little
0: sad that a prison is one of your first institutions that you construct when you're becoming a state, but it would make sense Sense. because you have to enforce law and you have to have the ability to exercise
1: law. Yeah, a lot of towns immediately established a newspaper, a church, a school, and a prison, I guess, so...
0: (laughs) In 1881, inmates at Lansing began working on a coal mine near the prison. Um, and later, Mr. Boone, he uh, was a guard while they worked there. According to Lansing, Lansing Correctional Facilities website, the mine, air quotes, employed several hundred <laughs> convicts. Several hundred, that's, that's, that's a lot, yeah. Um, what do they mean by employed? How do you employ a prisoner?
1: Well... Most prisons actually do employ their inmates in that they make an hourly wage, albeit a small one. They will make an hourly wage for their um work in the prison. Uh so it's essentially not, you know, slave labor. It's it's incarcerated labor. But uh What did even, you say? You
0: told me earlier it's an hmm. attentive audience. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a captive audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bada boom. But um uh, that can practice really continues to this day. Uh, prisoners now are still employed in in various um, endeavors in prisons. Uh, the Topeka Correctional Facility, which is a um, unit for women prisoners, works uh, training assistive guard, uh, assistive guide dogs, and um, you know the the prisoners get paid an hourly wage for that. Again, it's about I think about a buck fifty an hour, but they do get paid.
0: Production was not limited to coal. Um, This prison uh, later had inmates manufacturing bricks, paint, brooms, license plates, and uh, most ironically, soap. Uh, Was it common for prisons to have such uh, industrial ventures during that time?
1: Yeah, because uh, prisons need to keep the prisoners busy. I mean, um, a lot of people think, oh, prison is just incarceration—you lock them up, throw away the key type thing. But uh, you know, if you're if you're going to really try to, um, you know help the prisoners you have to have something for them to do during the day so um you know work like this uh not only keeps the prisoners busy gives them something productive to do you know hopefully makes them feel better about themselves they're productive individuals and in some lines of work can actually train them maybe for a for a job you know outside the big house once they get out so
0: it was giving you know, them a job skill
1: yeah it gives them job skills and again it it uh, keeps the prisoners busy if you know you're just sitting around with nothing to do all day uh, you except think about breaking out break out or you know pick a fight with a guy next to you because he's looking at you weird you know if you keep him busy you know you, you keep him active and probably out of out of a lot of trouble
0: boone worked at the prison um from 1892 to 1936 almost 40 years um, during his career, he functioned in multiple roles at the prison.
1: He was a guard, but he mm-hmm. was a guard in different ways. What were some of the other ways? Well, he also was superintendent of the laundry because that's another way to keep prisoners busy. You got all that laundry to do. You got all that bedding, all those uniforms. Uh, he also was head of the tailor shop, and so prisoners would a lot of times make uniforms. In fact, there is some indication that this uniform was made uh, for Mister Boone by the inmates there at Lansing. So uh, he, as I said, guarded the coal mine, guarded the uh, laundry, worked in the tailor shop. So a little little bit of everything.
0: This uniform looks very formal, uh, almost business-like. I mean, it almost looks like a three-piece suit. Um, Shouldn't a guard uniform be more casual, at least have a a couple more cargo pockets on it?
1: Well, I don't think you want too many pockets (laughs) because you're liable to put things in the pockets and, you know, you could lose them that way. Uh, Uh, But, yeah, I I think, you know, if you had a... Uh, maybe even a more formal look to your uniform. You know, you know, you tend to act how you dress, and you know, if for a more formal, maybe makes them feel a little more professional and going about their business. And you know, I, I haven't done a whole lot of research on the uh, history of, of prison guard uniforms, but I would think too at the time they probably were not as standardized as you would have them now. Uh, I think the prison guard uniforms now much more military looking, but back then uh, something just to set you apart from the prison population would be important. And, you know, having a business suit maybe just made you look a little – that much more professional.
0: Um, Like you were talking about earlier, Lauren – or Leavenworth County Mm -hmm. has a really unique prison situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that has a very contemporary application, actually, because um, one of the Kansas congresswomen – I believe she's the only campus Nancy Boyda, she has recently been advocating the construction of a prison museum in Mm -hmm. Leavenworth County, which sort of um, promotes or um, talks about prisons and this unique county and what's going on there. Um, And you kind of have an inside scoop on this, right?
1: Yeah, I've met with folks up there about this, yeah.
0: Uh, Bob, why would anybody want to go to a prison museum?
1: Well, first off, I'd like to go to a prison museum. Um, yeah, this is this is an uh, effort of the Lansing County Historical Society, the city of Lansing, uh, and they are cooperating with all of the prisons in the area to create the Kansas Regional Prisons Museum. And I think uh, they're going to get a lot of visitors because people are interested in prisons. See, I think if Look no farther than popular culture to see that people are interested in prisons. Um, very popular TV series now called Prison Break. Um, mm. I don't watch it, but it's in its third year. I so That's
0: good.
1: Has it taken them like three years to break out of prison? Or?
0: It's a oh, step-by-step process. Oh, okay. Well,
1: it's, it's a long deal. Anyway, but you've got... Uh, Back to Burt Lancaster's Birdman of Alcatraz, uh, Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile. Um, you know, there's just lots of prison movies. And, you know, Hollywood certainly doesn't do anything. If it's not going to make a buck and it's not going to be popular. So people like, uh, I, I think they're sort of fascinated with, you know, that uh, human condition of, you know, of incarceration. Back to the Count of Monte Cristo. I mean, there's, there's a lot of prison literature and um, literature in prison as opposed to literature written by prisoners, which is also a, a big deal. But, yeah, I think people are very interested in it. And I think how society deals with its, you know, recalcitrant population and how you deal with people that are acting outside what we consider the mainstream of the norm, people are fascinated by that. So, yeah, I think I think they'll get a lot of visitors.
0: I agree with you. I think it's interesting because it's not I mean it's not just about prisons. It's about crime and punishment mm-hmm. and the law and yeah. how we deal with um, parts of our culture that break the norm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's you know that you know fascination with, you know, not to leave the women out of this, but uh, the bad boy, you know, the the fascination with the the villain and the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prisons are kind of what that's all about. So I think people are fascinated with it, and um, I think they'll they get this thing up and running. I think it'll be very popular.
0: It's time for another round of Six Degrees of William Allen White, Election 2008. Uh, and joining me today is Nikala Zimmerman, Assistant Registrar. Hello. And Rebecca Martin, uh, Assistant Director of the Museum. Present. (laughs) But uh, before we get started on uh, Six Degrees of William Allen White, we're going to read some listener feedback.
2: Yeah, it's really a pleasure to get listener feedback. We really look forward to it.
0: It, Yeah, because we sometimes doubt anybody's listening.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Is anybody out there?
0: Okay, Rebecca, you want to go with the first one?
2: Sure. Bob from Hayes had a suggestion for the Teddy Roosevelt Jaguar rug. Quote, just listened to this episode and looked at the photos on the webpage, and it occurred to me that the spots on a jaguar, just as with spots on a leopard or a cheetah, and stripes on a zebra or a tiger, etc., are as unique as human fingerprints. Perhaps someone could try to match up the spots on the photo of Roosevelt and the jaguar with the spots on the jaguar rug.
0: Well, um, I actually did think of that, um, and I attempted to match them up. But the Jaguar rug is a little it's, – it's been a little bit reconfigured. Some things have been stitched up and restitched, so spots aren't where they would typically be. And so we have a photograph from Teddy Roosevelt's uh, – Teddy Roosevelt, uh, one of the people on the party, took the photograph of him in the Jaguar rug. So the spots, they don't line up, and that could either be because it's a little – things have shifted on the rug itself – or it could be that that's a different Jaguar. Teddy and his son, Kermit, shot two Jaguars on that day, and the one in the photograph may be the other one from the rug.
2: Okay. Thank you, Merle. <laughs> I hope that um, answers it's Bob a very Hayes' yeah, question.
0: It's a very good point, and, and it is a good idea. You just line the spots up, but the only problem is, is that it's not doesn't always work. <laughs> All right, Nikayla, uh, you want to read the next one?
3: Uh, yeah, sure. This is uh, Merle's favorite kind of listener response. Um one listener from Parsons, Kansas had an opinion about our esteemed host. They wrote, quote, More Merle, two exclamation points. <laughs> wow. Mr. Riedel is a comic genius, one exclamation point. <sighs> the only thing that could increase the fun educational aspect of these podcasts would be the inclusion of more cowbell.
0: <laughs> this guy's got really good points but I don't understand the cowbell I
2: think it's a reference to Saturday Night Live isn't it? Oh. There was a skit involving yeah. Christopher Walken, right? Yeah, and like 1970's music if yeah. I remember right Where's, yeah, You have to add cowbell to this section of the podcast later, Merle
0: Alright, I can do that <laughs> Good Okay, now let's get back to serious business and six degrees of William Allen White. This week's challenge was to connect William Allen White to Ron Ernest Paul or Ron Paul. Not to be confused with RuPaul.
2: I did confuse him with RuPaul. But I can connect them both.
0: Impressive. Ron Paul is a congressman from Texas and just happens to be a 2008 presidential candidate. And, uh, Nikaela, you said you can connect them. But before you do that, can you give us a little info on Mr. Ron Paul? Because he's not first-tier candidate. He's considered second-tier.
3: Okay. Well, Ron Paul is originally from Pennsylvania. He attended medical school and was a flight surgeon in Vietnam. Um, he ended up in Texas, where he has delivered many, many babies, who are probably now Ron Paul supporters, and um, he is a libertarian who um, has radical views, some would consider radical, like no income tax. That's probably why he's on the
2: second tier. Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> not a bad idea.
2: Yeah, You say that now. Okay. Um, Okay. Wait a minute. Doesn't income tax pay your salary as a state employee? Oh, keep the income tax. We love tax. (laughs) Okay, so
3: Ron Paul's connection to William Allen White. Um, Ron Paul led the Texas delegation to nominate Ronald Reagan at the 1976 Republican National Convention. So that was when Gerald Ford was running. He actually supported Reagan instead. Um, Ronald Reagan was married to the actress Jane Wyman from 1940 to 1948.
0: Also, cast member <laughs> of a popular television show, Falcon, Falcon Crest. Falcon
3: Crest, Crest, yes. Yes. Uh, Shave the childhoods of those who
0: <laughs> group in Mean old lady. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, Wyman starred in the film So Big, which, as we know, hey. was based on the novel by Edna Ferber. Wow. Oh, Edna no. Ferber was best friends with William Allen White.
0: Nicely yeah. done.
2: Wow, Thank yeah. you.
0: And a bonus is you can also connect William L. White to not only Ron Paul, but RuPaul.
2: Yes, yes.
3: RuPaul.
0: Tell us a little bit about who RuPaul is first.
3: Well, RuPaul is kind of best known as a transvestite. Kind <laughs> of hard to say, isn't it, Nikki? Yeah, yeah. My face is a little red right now. Um, but really well known for bringing... Um, being a supporter of gay rights and gay issues, bringing those to the forefront in the 80s and 90s. Um, in 1993, RuPaul presented an award at the MTV Video Music Awards with Milton Burl. Uh-oh. Milton Burl was an extra in the film The Mask of Zorro with Douglas Fairbanks in 1920. Uh-huh. And in 1922, Douglas Fairbanks
2: met William Allen White. Yeah,
0: Nicely done. So, Very nice. There
2: you go. There's a two-for-one for you. There's okay. just no one you can't connect to I William Allen White, Nikayla. It's insane.
0: Okay, with <laughs> all that in mind, Rebecca, can you give us a tally for the William Allen White presidential endorsometer?
2: Sure, and these are in alphabetical order by their first names. Barack Obama, four degrees of separation. Fred Thompson, five. Hillary Clinton, four. John McCain, four. Joseph Biden four, Ron Paul five. So there's a tie. There's a four way tie right yeah. now. Barack, Fred, Hillary, and Joe Biden. All tied for four degrees. We we need yeah. somebody out there who's closer than four to be yeah. to, to, to the clear front runner.
0: Never fear, there is plenty more candidates to go. <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and perhaps it's a it's it's appropriate right now before the primaries to have no clear front runner.
0: Okay, Rebecca, you want to give us the challenge for next episode?
2: Certainly. Your next challenge is to connect William Allen White in six degrees or less to the former North Carolina senator and fan of a good haircut, John Edwards.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so if you have a solution, send it to podcasts at kshs.org. That is podcasts with us.
1: Well, I know I had it coming. I know I can't be.
0: That concludes episode 41, Prison Town. Join us in two weeks when curator Laura Van Orsdale examines a ballot box connected to a rather stormy election. As the story goes, the box was swept up in a tornado, and the lost ballots may have altered the destiny of one Kansas town. Finally. If you'd like to provide some feedback on our podcast, you can access a survey on our website, kshs.org, from either the Cool Things page or the podcast page. Let us know what you think or what you would like to hear about.
1: Farther down the line, far from that's where I want
0: This podcast is a production of the Kansas Historical Society. And I'd
3: let that lonesome whistle. Blue.